I remember getting sick because I was like, I just spent all this money on this car. I really want to be able to do this, and I suck. Why do I suck <laughs> so bad? I sold an SR20 for $500. I'm an idiot. Like, Let me know when you got another one for $500. I'll never wrap my car. Paint is just different. In my opinion, it's easier than wrapping a car. I'd have to wrap my side skirts in 12 pieces each way. Do I want to just say, forget this and just, be, you know, go to work? It's yeah. like you create your own amount of stress. There's just times in FD when you're, for example, lining up against Ben Hobson and he's got a oh, seven yeah. liter with a supercharger and 800 foot pounds of torque at 2000 RPM. It's a lot more of an easy button than yeah. two or 300 <laughs> horsepower. I've always kind of said that, but personally, I don't really give a fuck if anyone remembers me. As long as I change some people's life along the way, yeah. that's all I care about. Yeah, that's what that's. Yeah. Welcome back to the number one drift podcast on YouTube. I am Dawson, and this is Dustin Miles. We got a special one for you today. Um, but we are actually at Camp Drift at Lanier Raceplex. So tell me a little bit about this. What's kind of going on with Camp Drift? So Camp Drift is an event that I wanted to put together for the community that basically sets the environment that we would get as a professional driver at uh, like FD or something where you have that spotter in your ear kind of saying, hey, maybe try this, maybe try that, maybe put some clicks into the damning, maybe lift your tire pressure. Basically, relay the information I've learned and a couple other of the advanced drivers have learned through our experiences to some of the newer guys that want to because it's really hard uh, at a normal drift event to kind of walk up to someone that you really see struggling and approach them the right way without sounding like a douchebags yeah you know so yeah. it's like this is the setting where you can ask your neighbor you can ask your friend you can go find an instructor you can ask anyone a question and feel the confidence and the environment to be ready for you to be accepting of that question and kind of to develop the skill set even further for the community that's awesome yeah because uh, I, I talk about that a lot on the podcast um how just people that are too scared just get the fuck out there like, all you got to do is get out there. Somebody will come talk to you. Just don't take it any bad way. But Most definitely. The community in drifting is so good. Like, if you need something, it's usually there. Or someone will help you get it. Or someone will have some insight if you're out of town. You know, it's, it's such a great environment. And we just try to recreate that as much as we can for all the people that are new. You know? Yeah, and kind yeah. of embrace them at the track and give us something to do for the weekend. So, yeah, we have a, a burnout pit donut area set up, dedicated for drivers for them to go out and learn how the fundamentals of transitions and donuts and maybe even set up like a small layout in their head or around some cones to yeah, yeah. get themselves familiar with the car control. And then we have a nice little layout set up for uh, drivers for a hot track to go out and make some laps. Yeah. Yesterday we got a ton of seat time. I'm talking, there was no line. It was just yeah, all yeah. day long. If Everybody I could turn the camera around right now, you'd see all the pouring rain outside. Uh, it was apparently bright and sunny yesterday, so yeah. I came on the wrong day. Yeah, but, but we're going to get a lot more laps today and no tire usage. So Hey, great. there you go. Save some money. That's That's, that's right. Oh yeah. Well, I, I was talking to you a little bit off camera how I like that y'all are doing the burnout box and kind of just a sectioned off area because that's what like I would say most people just need to start on. They figure out how to do your figure eight first and then just go sling it on track. Yeah, for sure. That was one thing that I definitely mentioned to a lot of the, the students. So one thing we also do is a little classroom setting before the day starts to kind of go over what in, in this instance we had a two day so I could go over what I saw yesterday to give people like an idea of okay this is maybe what i can try today and like you were saying getting in the burnout box doing the controlled donuts doing a small donut large donut small figure eight large figure eight really getting the feel of the transitions of how mm. the car is going to rotate even even in fd i can pretty much almost know how my setup feels in the burnout box like if yeah. i go to rotate my car and it comes right around i already know dang this isn't what i'm gonna like i know i'm not gonna have a good time but you can feel that amount of grip even there, you know, so that you can get yeah. familiar with what you're about to go do on the track. Yeah, I and mean, as a newbie, I feel like that that kind of won't resonate as well for a newbie just because they don't really know what it feels like, mm -hmm. especially even if they're coming from a sim too. Like, you still don't know what the car feels like, so you just got to get your ass out there and try it. But um, So tell me a little bit more about, like, who you are. There's not a ton of stuff on the Internet. Um, like FD's done some stuff, but give me a little rundown on you and where you came from. All right. Well, um, basically I went to my first drift event, um, right across the street at road Atlanta. So we're very lucky that Lanier Raceplex is 
directly across the street from Road Atlanta and hoping to use that to our advantage one day. You know what yeah. I mean? Hopefully having a two double day drift event kind of thing. And we're trying to work that out. But um, so yeah, I went to 2013 Road Atlanta. I had no idea about the sport. I was actually there with one of my friends and we were just randomly betting on who was coming down the hill at that time. Like, oh, you got the Mustang? All right, I got a dollar on the Corvette or I got a dollar on the 240. And we had no just, idea what you're looking had at. Had no idea who they were, what they were doing, what we were even looking at, how they were judged, nothing. Yeah. But we were intrigued by it so much. And then that day, I felt something kind of like, you need to be out here. You need to be doing this. There's something about this that you need to be doing. And the only other time I had even seen drifting other than that was like in 2006 or 2007, randomly at my friend's house, they had it playing on TV and I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And I just basically looked at it like every other form of motorsport that you had to be doing when you were six years old, five years yep. old, grew up in and were basically rooted in it. And then I basically found out that drifting is something that you could have no idea about what it is, and then the next year you could be a professional. Dude, yes. Quote, it's like, because uh, I'm, I'm sure, did you do BMX or skate or anything beforehand? So I'm one of the very weird drifters that didn't do any of that. That's I crazy. I basically came from, like, played sports. So, but. Okay, I did I, too. I played baseball. Yeah, I played so. baseball, football, more of that stuff. I was more so, like, rooted into that, but I didn't actually do it, like, later in the yeah, high school yeah. and stuff. But I wasn't really big into extreme sports, like, the only other driving I really did too was just loving going, loving to go karting. So yeah. I would have yeah. friends and we would just go karting maybe like once a month. And it was, it's always been a competitive thing for me, but never at like a competitive level. Like it's always been gotcha. a fun competition, not like a, I'm going out there to race in a series or anything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've never actually done any kind of like time attack stuff except for renting a car in speed vegas last weekend that was a lot of fun they actually invited us out to come turn some laps and that was the first time i ever actually got to time attack oh really the funny thing was actually like originally that's what i wanted to do like 2012 and a half dustin was like (laughs) planning this time attack build and i was gonna do all this time attack stuff and then i started weighing out the options and i was like there's no way that you're gonna go pro in time attack you know but you could really compete and go pro in drifting in a in a in a year or two if yeah. you, if you if you, yeah, if you really dedicate grind. yourself to it, you know? And that's what I did and that's the path I chose. So I actually oh, yeah. started on simulators. We had a Sugarloaf, we have a mall here called Discover Mills, Sugarloaf Mills, whatever it's called now, and there was a sim center there way long time ago, like 2011, 2012. We were playing R Factor, and we would be oh, go tight. in there, set the fastest lap time, and so that was why I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna build a car for Time Attack. I'm gonna build a car for Time Attack." And then I ended up meeting my friend Phil, who ended up becoming one of my teammates later for Garage Moon Power, and he had that same okay, R Factor yeah. simulator at his house. And this was like kind of unheard of back then, and like oh yeah, 20, was it? 2012, yeah, most people didn't have simulators at their house, so. When I found out he had that simulator at his house was pretty much the day we kind of became best friends and I was over there all the time then and just hanging out, watching him play the simulator. And then I would get in like my five, 10 minute sessions here and there. And then he finally (laughs) helped me build mine at my house. And then that's where I pretty much learned how to drive was on a G27 Logitech simulator. That's where I really developed a lot of my skills and what I kind of contribute some of my success to because... That Logitech G27 had absolutely no self-steer. It had no direct driveness. I'll tell you what I've tried. It's fucking horrible. I've talked about it before. It's I, I came from driving the car first and then going to the sim. I swear to God, it does not translate. Yeah, so... You have to start on the sim first. <laughs> I started on the sim first. So I actually went to a drift event in between the time of going to the Road Atlanta event and figuring out that I wanted to go drifting and then meeting Phil. Yeah. So I was I went to a couple drift events, had my first car, went out to the track. I remember getting sick because I was like, I just spent all this money on this car. I really want to be able to do this. And I suck. Like, why do I suck so bad? I can't leave the track. Nothing. Like, yep. I can't do anything. What is going on? That was and, me my first day. And then someone so else hop in my car and go third gear it out the back, you know, and just woo, having a good time. And I'm like, what? The <laughs> I can't. What? Like, why? Why and, can't I figure this shit out? Yeah. And I just wasn't comfortable 
actually in the position behind the wheel. My seat was in a weird place. Like ergonomics oh. is a real thing. Like oh, you got to yeah. be comfortable where you're at if you're going to be able to really use it to its most potential. So the very first drift car I sat in uh, was my buddy Brennan's, and his seat for some reason I don't know why. Like I don't know how he fucked this up, but it was basically pointed towards the gear shifter. Dude, it felt so weird. Wow. And you were like too close to the center as well. So you were like kind of crooked like this and the steering wheel's over here. Oh, it was so annoying. I just that sat in it. Terrible. I was like, fuck this, dude. I don't know how you drive this. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So I did that. Um, and then I ended up breaking that car. I ended up getting like the fundamentals down. Like I would link the track here and there and fundamentally be able to drive the car. I... Broke that car. It was an SR20 car. Broke a rocker arm. Sounds ended up right. breaking a few of those and then retiring myself from SR20s. But <laughs> So I broke that rocker arm, had the car down for like six months. And that entire time, all I did was dedicate myself to hours on the simulator every day. Like, I don't remember doing anything else during that time. Playing That's dedication and right there. Then I had pulled that SR20 out of that car, sold it to a friend of mine, and he hadn't paid me for it. And there was a local Nopi event back in the day. I think this was like 2014, 2015 mm. at that time that had a decent payout. It was a $500 payout if you go out there and win. And that's what, at that time, I that's had actually sold about. him that motor for. I know, I sold an SR20 for $500. I'm an idiot. But today it would have been like... <laughs> Let me know when you get another one for 500 grand, you know? But yeah. So anyway, he never ended up paying me for that. So I was like, hey, how about you let me borrow your car? I'll go out there and use it in this competition and best case scenario i win my money that you yeah. never gave me and i did do that i went out there qualified Sick. first won the event first competition first time i ever tandemed in real life no All way that. the first tandem lap i ever did was also my first competition lap if that don't prove it yeah. <laughs> you can do it too motherfucker yeah that was so much um, fun i, I remember damn. coming off the track on the very first lap and scream and it's just like that fucking video guys. yeah <laughs> like it's just like it like just so high oh, passionate awesome. pat 2.0 <laughs> <Best> <laughs> so yeah. yeah yeah man it was that's the adrenaline that you get in drifting that you can't find a lot of places really or i've tried man anywhere. that's why i brought mine, up the skating mine's... and bmx thing because like there, nothing has ever compared yeah. i went from skateboarding i wasn't that great at it Jumped to BMX, loved that. wasn't I mean, I wasn't f fantastic, but I was okay. And then as soon as the day I got my license, I never touched the bike again. Mm -hmm. So it just the interest always changed, and drifting has always been on top for me. Just yeah, can't get past too. it. Yeah, it's it's an addiction now. It's more of a passion than anything. Yeah, it's like yeah. really like when people ask me about it, I'm like, yes, yeah, what I like kind of wake up in the morning and what gives me motivation to continue yeah. to really want to progress myself, want to. Try and pad my bank account a little bit more, you know, mm -hmm. just so we can go burn up some tires. Yeah, yeah. It's a healthy addiction. Yeah. That's for sure. Well, speaking of, uh, like, payout events, you just came off of a 50K, and you just won that one, correct? Well, yeah, the uh, Clean Culture Catch My Drift 50K series. So it's a 10,000 per round yeah, yeah. series. Um, yeah, and there have been five rounds. The first one was here at Lanier Raceplex. The next one is coming up in two weeks at, um, it's in South Carolina. I forget the actual name of the speedway. Florence. Florence Speedway. Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's a really cool, it's a really cool track. It'll probably be the best track that I've ever seen personally where you could go and practice learning how to run a bank. So, if oh. you're really interested in, in competitive drifting and you don't feel that confident running a bank, I would say get out there to Florence yeah. and practice on that track because it's a nice semi-steep incline bank with no wall. So you can go up the oh. top of it and go off of it and you go into grass. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's really cool that you can get that I want to go learn how to ride the top of a wall um, experience mm -hmm. but not have the potential of totaling your car. That's awesome. So that's a really cool track, and it's a really fast transition in the middle, um, and then right around the bank again and into an infield. So yeah, it's a really okay. sick track. Yeah, Joe Gorski runs Catch My Drift, and he he hosts a lot. Yeah, of I've really heard of cool Catch events. My Drift. Yeah, for sure. he, he has a lot of cool cool tracks and events, and his events are ran really well. And awesome. so he's the one that's actually facilitating the drift side of the Catch My Drift events. So he's running that one there. Um, and then they have, I believe, Dominion next, mm. or it might be Z Max next. So they'll have Z Max and then Dominion, and then we'll be back in Atlanta at Atlanta Motor Speedway 
um, in yeah. like September or something. So that'll be really cool. Ooh. I'm really excited to see that. I'm going to be honest with you. The Clean Culture Drift Series was um, that event that we had here was one of the first events that I ever saw that had that Formula D vibe and feel with the amount mm. of people here, the amount of smiling faces. I mean, we packed this place out with 10,000 people. Oh, yeah. And it was amazing. We all had a great time. The whole spectator uh, level Terrence parking was filled up. The, the stands were filled up. We were even parking cars across the street. Yeah. Because the the whole grassy knoll up there was completely full with show cars, Damn. it was a great great experience. That's crazy. Yeah, I was uh I was editing Andy's video and I could tell there was a fuck ton of people in the background. He went walking around in one of the clips. <laughs> it was at night too, and there was still a shit ton of people out. I was like, good god. Yeah, man, it was wild. It was it was an amazing time. It really was. It was a lot of great driving. Um, I think with the fact of kind of clutch kicker stepping back for me for a year, yeah. it was a great time for clean culture to come up and take that opportunity to try and fill that void for a lot of competition drivers like mm -hmm. myself that want to compete and might not be able to, you know, earn that or might not have that FD license just yet or, yeah. you know, or don't might care be to working pursue it. for it or don't care to pursue it. There's yeah. a lot of people out there that want to chase those money events and I don't blame you. It's a good, it's a good route too. There's a lot of great fun out there. You can have the same amount of fun and make some good money at it. You know, the, the, oh, there's yeah. a 50K single round coming up in Jersey. That'll be awesome. I'll be there. 25,000 to the I'll winner. we Scotty's the, media for that event. So. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I'll have to come say hi. Oh, for, for sure. That. Do you think uh, with the like rate of inflation and stuff, do you see a lot of event hosts becoming and coming more into the 50K, the big payout events? I really see the potential for the sport to progress in that direction. I don't really know. Um, exactly who would step up to fill that more yeah, you know yeah. who else like where are we going to find that next person that might do that that's the big question but i do see a huge potential for it if done in the right manner you know yeah. it's like a, it's like cooking a pie you know you got to have all the ingredients or that pie is going to taste like shit you know <laughs> so <laughs> all right. you, you know it's like that's where i feel like organizers are going to have to focus more on like that promotion of traditional media i think a lot of problems that organizers have had is focusing only on social media. You know, like mm -hmm. that's where they hammer advertising yeah. and hammer and hammer. Could, hammer. It could really play out to work well, but you have to do it correctly. A lot of tracks, track owners, and I, I would even say a lot of professional drivers and stuff, they make selfish content. Yeah. A lot of their content is just like just their car or just, uh, you know, whatever cinematic thing they can make at the track or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that's a lot of viewers look for more your characteristics, like what, how you talk, how you interact at the you track. They want to see the real the shit. It's a lot of ways, like a lot of, it kind of sucks a lot of the time when you meet someone at a drift event and you've had hours of conversations with them oh, online yeah. and you have no idea what they look like because yeah. they have no pictures of themselves on the on their on their Instagram or social yeah, media. Yeah, I run into or, that a lot. And then especially you're like, in the car world, and they come up to you and they just continue that conversation that they've had with you because they recognize you, but you, you don't have recognize no idea them. Yeah, what they're what they're talking about or anything until like the last ten minutes of the conversation. You're like, oh, that's that guy, <laughs> you know, and, you're, and you walk off. It's like, oh, I have those moments, um, even before this stuff like just having someone random come up to you mm -hmm. in like a bar or whatever and they're like hey dude how you doing you sit there have a full-on conversation and they walk away you look over to your buddy and like who the fuck was that yeah dude I, I totally get that yeah but i was also i wanted to say like i would feel like if organizers kind of did like the na or not nascar monster truck method of blasting the radio sometimes i feel like they mm -hmm. could see that influx of spectators that really is the only thing that's kind of missing like we got a bunch of great drivers yeah. we could put a good event together but the recipe i feel like is just missing the big crowd to kind of mm -hmm. help fund those large payouts because i mean yeah it's got to be something where it's worthwhile to the people and in, in doing it in every direction you know the people mm -hmm. earning the money giving the money making the money everything so yeah, everybody's got to get value out of it some way yeah, that's right so that's i feel tough. like just that getting touched on could make a big difference on something i don't know we'll see yeah yeah it'll probably end up being a clip so hey. <laughs> well now i want to stop the podcast for a second
because BC Racing is officially supporting the Circle of Drift podcast. They have made a major impact within the drifting community with their wide variety of coilovers and different spec series that you can pretty much customize. And me personally, I've ran BC coilovers on my cars for years now, all the way back from when I was in the stance scene to now in drifting. And BC is not only creating top quality parts that compete with the best coilover brands on the market, but they are very adamant about supporting more grassroots level drivers and simply just growing the community. So if you guys have been contemplating upgrading your suspension to really dial in the grip levels that you need, or if you just wanna see as low as you can with the extreme lows, jump on down in the description at BC Racing and grab yourself some coilovers and really get your car dialed in. So thank you again, BC, for supporting the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Now let's get back to the podcast. I I would argue that your car is probably the best looking car in FD. I appreciate that. I try to make it like that in a sense. I remember Matt Field coming up to me and being like, man, your car is a 50-50, like 50 50 miles an hour. And I was like... I'm going to make it look better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it a five-footer at five miles an hour. And so, like, I just think, like, the paint also really plays a big role into it. Like, the the depth that you see in that, I've always oh, preferred, yeah. you know. I worked in a body shop for about a year, and I love body work mm-hmm. and paint work and stuff like that. I'll never wrap my cars Yeah, just because paint is just different. Well, it is, different. at the end of the day, in my opinion, it's easier than wrapping a car, especially when you have a kit like mine that has curvatures and rounds. Like, I'd have to wrap my side skirts in 12 pieces each way, you know? Yeah, so it that, would be dude. way too much work. I've and never understood that you argument. You just, done, you know? it's The prep work's about the same. Only thing is you can fix it sometimes a little bit quicker with some wrap, but yeah. oh well. I mean, what can you do? You can sit on the couch and... And watch TV when you're in your spare time, or you can hang out outside and sand some fiberglass. Yeah. Some people think it's, you know, crazy, but yeah. I, I enjoy it. It's fiberglass sucks, but I'd rather deal with that than rap, to be real. Yeah. I, I did some vinyl work um, in my day, and I, no, I'm good on all that. Um, so how drastic has the car changed throughout its life in FD? Oh, man. I mean, I've probably rebuilt it four or five times by now. I mean... It's kind of like the progression of everything when you're doing this. It's kind of like the reason why I was talking to some guys yesterday that I was telling them, like, say you're brand new and you go out and get into FD and you get that license. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not the best move to take it right away. You know, sometimes That's what I've heard. It's, it's better to wait, get your car fully developed, dialed in, and then go into that competition stuff. That's why it's always great to get into those grassroots events to to drive some local competitions to to get your car so dialed in that when you go to FD, you know you're prepared and ready to go because mm. you can end up wasting a whole year figuring your car out and that's yeah. a lot of money gone that you could have used for the next year when you were prepared, you know? Yeah. And so that's really an important thing to consider. When you plan on your, uh, you know, your approach to FD. Yeah. So what what kind of gave you the initial jump to do FD then? Because most people that I talk to, they're like, fuck that. I'll never do it. I don't care to. Man, uh, I was really not smart. Um, I got into <laughs> drifting completely gotcha, for bitch. competition. Yeah. Like, that was it. They got me. Like, Damn. I went and did that first competition and I qualified first and I won the event and then it was, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <it> was, <laughs> there you go. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it was that one. Oh, so that bug. Um, I got bit by that bug real hard that day, and and that's what we kind of try and make happen for people out here at Camp Drift is to get that fire lit in them. If mm-hmm. not to go compete, but to to just drive in general, because it's really not hard to take someone for a ride along, and that pretty much does it. Yeah, yeah. I I would say that people that did more traditional sports as they grew up would have that more competitive edge and drive to go do that. Yeah. Which I did baseball all the way up until my senior year, but like, dude, that took so much of my competitive edge out of me. After that, like it, I I had no scholarships. I thought I wasted all 12 years of my life uh, playing baseball. It was actually more than that, but thought it was all wasted. And then just the competitive edge was gone. So it's nice that you kept it around. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I guess I was lucky in a sense that I didn't do high school sports and I just kind of backed off and was a slacker in a sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I didn't burn myself out there, but could have, you know, just yeah. like you, you know, it's very easy to. I'm 
You know, it's, and it's easy to get burned out in drifting. It's just remembering that there is going to be fun at the end of the road. You know, there is going to be light yeah. at the end of the tunnel and you're going to get to go to that next track day and have some fun. And that's what it's all worth about, mm. you know, I always you gotta, think of that pickaxe meme, you know, I'm talking about the, oh, the two tunnels. Oh, yeah, dude, that I, one hits so different. I have been thinking about that every day recently. Like, yeah. Do I want to just say, forget this and just be, you know, go to work. Yeah. It's like you create your own amount of stress and choose to have this stress. Like yeah. you can make you another decision. It, like man. you could say, this is too stressful, you know, yeah. or, you could, fight you could it. keep swinging that pickaxe and maybe find that big mound of diamonds, you know. Yeah. But I'd rather keep swinging my pickaxe and look back in with regret and remorse later in life, you know. You can yeah. always earn more money and have more time one day. Every time I get to thinking about stuff like that, I always try and tell myself, when the, when the hell did this shit get so far above my mindset that I can't handle any of it. Yeah. And that normally is what clicks me back into shape. And I'm just like, fuck that. Quit being a bitch. Let's do it. Yeah. You start thinking so. about all the other good things that's came along with it. Sometimes exactly. it's easy to focus on only the negatives when they're right in front of your face. And then you start thinking about, Dude, well, that yeah. was a lot of fun and that was a lot of fun. All right. This is all right. It's cool. Yeah. You know? And I, I'm not, I don't have a lot by any means, but I'll walk, I like I had a house at 21 years old. Like I, I have a lot of stuff that is valuable. I'd say. Damn, he's getting it out. Oh, that's Ben. Oh yeah. Well, oh, Benny boy. And the Punisher out there. <laughs> um, damn, what was I saying? Uh, being talking about your house at 21. Yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So like that's that's one thing I'll do. I'll I'll literally just walk around my house, go walk in the shop, look at all the shit that I have, and I'm like, there's no way you're bitching right now. Exactly. You have no reason to bitch. There's a person down the road probably that wishes he had this ghetto ass carport shop that I have, and 100%. it's it's I came from a storage unit as my shop. Like we tend to uh, overlook some of our blessings. Yes, exactly. But yeah, exactly. it's 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 always good to step back and look at the bigger picture and say, you know what, it's all worth it. You know, let's just we'll keep trucking along. Yeah. Well, sorry for the sappy shit. But um, so does does your car make about 700 horsepower? Is that right? Or is it more now? No, it was 700 horsepower. But right now it's sitting at my house. I finally got that motor that I was supposed to come and see you to get. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it has a 2J Brangers Racing bottom end in it that's fully built, short block, um, billet mains, rods, pistons, everything, ready to 1500. Yeah, yeah. And I had a fully built head, brand new, sitting ready for it. So now it's just about getting it all plumbed and intercooled and yeah we should be able to make a good bit of power so the problem i've always had in my crutch in a sense mm -hmm. in my car is that it's always been a true 1j which yeah. sounds amazing and it's i love the motor. way i love the way it drives and i love the way it sounds but there's just times in fd when you're like for example lining up against ben hobson and he's got oh, a seven yeah. liter with a supercharger and 800 foot-pounds of torque at 2,000 RPM. It's a lot more of an easy button than yeah. two or 300 horsepower at 300 RPM. That was my next question, was RPMs. how well does it stack up against the competition? Yeah, it, it's definitely a knife in a gunfight, and I'm ready to have myself a gun, too. You know, like, I'm not yeah. necessarily saying it's been a gun in a gunfight, but I've been out there with a pistol against a whole bunch of AK-47s, you know? Yeah. In a yep. sense, what it feels like, I mean, you know? you've been handling it, though. It seems like you've been doing pretty been, well keeping up. I've been up. doing what I can with it, but the thing about F FD is they judge you kind of so, like, strictly that... Even if a clutch kick isn't necessarily a correction, it's a correction. You know, yeah, like because yeah. my car doesn't have a lot of power in the low end in a certain area where I'm going to slow down, where a V8 car can just floor it right out of that, I have to drop it off limiter and get the tires going, you know? Damn. So that's looked at as a big correction there. Yeah, yeah. So it's really been a hindrance there as far as when I'm getting judged. It's just docking points. It's every just time. docking points. Like it's you out go starting into out with a 90. And then I'm, yeah. I'm they taking Damn, points off of my sucks. 90. You know? So that's kind of been a, uh, you know, Not a, a lot hurdle. of people think about that. Yeah, you got to think about every little mo every every incremental advantage or disadvantage as well. So that's one of the things that I've been trying to focus on is that I got a new Precision 6466, which is a little bit smaller nice. turbo than I had even on the 1J, but it'll flow better, and it's a lot newer than the one I had. I had um, an older turbo. It was 
since the same turbo I've had the whole time. Yeah. Still in good shape, but it was really time for an upgrade and to kind of just revamp the system. And so the changes we've made between Atlanta and Jersey have all been for additional torque. Good. Yeah, so oh, yeah. we'll have more response with the 3-liter bottom end as well as with the new 6466 Precision. All right, will you get a chance to test it before you go out there? I'm hoping to be back here next Friday night. Um, oh, okay, sick. Yeah, so Caffeine and Octane hosts Friday night drift events every other Friday night during the month. Uh, come out here, 100 bucks a drive. In the Atlanta area. Have a good time. Every other Friday, in accordance to that drift event, they have a drifting grip where they set up, or not a drifting grip, they have a... Um, what is it called? Adrenaline. No, not adrenaline. That's Barry. Uh, <laughs> downforce battles. That's what it's called. Downforce gotcha, gotcha. battles. So they have two mirrored tracks right next to each other, and they will set up. You run through the layout, yeah, and you park yeah. and stop. And so it's like a time attack autocross that you do against another person Hyperdrive. at the same time. Kind of something yeah, similar. Style I've been it. wanting to come actually do it myself, but I haven't had the chance. I did know? one with Barry with his Adrenaline series. Oh, and cool. it's, dude, I went into it. I was like, fuck, I'll, I'm off today. Like, it's cheap. I'll just go do it. Fuck it. It's an hour away. And I went and I was like unloading my car. And I was like, this is going to be so boring. And then I got in there, did a few laps. And I was like, dude, this is actually kind of fun. It's like, fun. this is not normal drifting whatsoever. Because mm -hmm. you're, you're gripping the car up and then drifting it and all sorts of shit. But... He used those big ass fucking wire barrels as clipping points. And of course, as a drifter, you're going to try and get as close as you can to it. And dude, every single time I would just barely nudge it and it would dent my fenders every fucking time. I was, I dented both sides and I was like, all right, I'm done. Fuck this. I'm out. Dang. <laughs> I'd rather do that banging doors yeah. instead of hitting a damn wire barrel. Hitting something stupid, yeah. But, oh yeah. Well, speaking of upgrading your car. I noticed in Larry Chen's old video that you spent upwards to thirty grand on your wiring alone. Mm -hmm. How so? Like, explain that. Explain how it ends up being that much. What well, all goes into it? Well, actually, my car was one of the first cars in FD that were was kind of to that level, and that level is now almost the norm. Yeah, yeah. As uh, across the field. Does it so, still cost about that much? Like if you were to do the exact same setup today? Yeah, you would. Oh, okay. It would still cost the same the same amount because you, when you start using PDMs, dashes, mm -hmm. ECUs, uh, I had a Motec M150 at that time, so that was a forty five hundred dollar ECU. Um, the dash that I have was like forty five hundred dollars because it's a C twelve twelve Motec dash. It's massive. Yeah, I noticed it's like fucking twelve inches long. Yeah, the PDM thir uh, the PDM thirty. So um, that's probably another thirty five hundred there. So you're already at you know twelve thirteen thousand dollars before you even get into the wiring, <laughs> and then that's over one hundred and twenty hours of man hours um, mm -hmm. for to build the harness, engine cabin trunk, you know. So I mean it adds up real quick. And but the benefit of it is that now I can plug my laptop into my car and it can tell me how Absolutely much voltage everything. my fuel pumps are drawing what voltage my coil packs are drawing. Mm. Like you can see, okay, this coil pack number four is dying. Okay, I could see that my fuel pump at Road Atlanta was pulling 15 amps and overcurrenting on my lift yeah, pump. Yeah. And I could know to change that out right then before I actually had a big issue. Like it comes in and you get that payment, repayment for it and the amount of time and money it'll yeah. save you in the long run. And then just being able to do everything else with it. Like there's failures. <clears throat> The, the data that I have in my car, like with the GPS in it, you can, it'll draw a map out of the track mm -hmm. and pin, you can pinpoint the car on any point of the track. It can tell you how much throttle percentage I'm using, where I'm braking, how much. Do you have any screenshots of this? Um, Yeah, I could get them. Dude, you got to send me some. That yeah. way I can throw them up on there. So yeah, for sure. That would be really cool. It's just, I mean, it's, it looks like the matrix really, like, but <laughs> once you figure out how to use the data, you can apply it to you know how you want to mm, apply it you yeah. know you can say okay on this on this data screen i want to have my boost set up with my rpm and my oil pressure so Dude, that i can so check out oh at this point i'm at 90 percent throttle but my oil pressure starting to fall yeah that could be an issue right there you know something what's, like that what's the best circumstance uh, as far as like competitive driving that that's helped you i mean it helps you every time really i mean 
every time you go out there, like what I was saying about overlaying the track and kind of seeing and pinpointing your things, you could say, okay, these are my six laps. I remember number five lap was the best lap, you mm-hmm. know? What did I do there that I can Dude, recreate so that crazy. lap, you know? Because you can't remember what you did every point of the track, where yeah. you slowed down, where you got on throttle, you know? Oh, this turn could be a little bit better. I could get on throttle sooner here, you know? Yeah, yeah. You can't remember all that stuff. And you can't even watch a video to be able to, even if you had a GoPro on every sensor, you wouldn't know where you were on the track to know what's going on at that point, you know? And that's where you get that that advantage. And now that's something that you see really across the board in FD mm-hmm. uh, in Pro 1 and Pro Spec. Hell yeah. Well, that's uh, that's just a mindfuck to me because <laughs> I've never, I couldn't even fathom that that's possible. Well, the funny thing was I didn't think it was going to be pro- uh, possible for me either, but um, NX Electric were the, was the company that came on board with me that year yeah. and really took that into their hands and really helped me out tremendously with it because I was looking at spending right around the same amount of money that I was going to spend with them either way, and I was going to have to do the work, and with them I was able to get a massive discount on the work and the labor but it was all worth it in the end i've ended up going back and having them do my other my other car now and yeah i mean it's great it's great to have it it's great to, so to have a professional like that that will make your like i haven't had any kind of wiring issues really ever like no, no random thing to chase down mm. you know knock on wood it's been very yeah, right. very good and it's because it's built to that military spec quality like he's worked for nasa he's he's been you know oh, God, yeah. wired space shuttles pretty much like this is the same equipment that you would find there the tefzel wire he's a genius pretty much a genius yeah. yeah like he's pretty much a rocket science scientist you know God, man uh, i mean the, the the loom actually here two or three years ago um at a day after event for fd my car actually caught on fire because of a massive anti-lag boom that erupted the entire bumper that was freshly painted on fire like all the fumes and i had my wiring harness actually loomed in dr25 which is what my car my race car has as well Mm. and none of the wires got harmed at all all it did was kind of shrink the the loom down a little bit more like it's it's rated up to like 1800 degrees or something ridiculous like the wire itself is rated to like 400 degrees just by itself and then that on top of that you could literally set my wiring harness on fire put it out put it on the car and it'll run what the fuck yeah. dude yeah damn cheat codes cheat codes where can, where can you buy that stuff or is uh, that like electric annexelectric.com oh, okay. so if they they sell everything from what you want to do to build your own harness or you can contact them about them building your harness anything you want to do yeah they can take dude, care that's of it sick yeah well speaking of sponsors and how you grabbed that one what like if you had to give your best advice to someone that's trying to get sponsors how would how should they approach that man um there's a lot of you know give and take there there's a lot of uh advice that can be given and i could receive a lot of advice as well in that in that realm um but i mean the best thing to do to do is to remember that it's a two-way street you know you got to give them more than they're giving you or Mm. else you have no value for them if they're just breaking even you know like if you are going to give them the same amount of value that that they would have got if you would have just bought it pretty much then they're not going to want to give it to you you know or they're not going to want to pay you for that value either so you know you just have to keep that in mind you know have a nice deck presentation um you know be active on your socials the biggest thing that i tell young drivers is to really focus on you know editing and social or you know getting up with a good media company to Mm -hmm. really facilitate that for you because that is really the most important thing you know like the days are gone of going out there and winning every race and getting a big sponsor like that's not gonna happen you can can go out there and win every single event you go to and still struggle to get sponsors and stuff because you don't do everything else that they are looking for i mean it doesn't help that everyone's attention span is so shortened now. So, like, yeah, it, people aren't just thrilled of seeing some top dude driving every year. He wins every event or whatever. Yeah, like, It's it, just not impressive to anyone anymore. I mean, it's crazy, too, on, like, social media. You could post the most, the coolest video of you drifting 500 miles an hour on a racetrack, and it'll get way less traction than you doing donuts in a cul-de-sac or yeah. doing a, a, yeah. a you know an on-ramp street drift. Yeah, you know it's just it's crazy, but that's just kind of the what you know society 
society always wants to see someone messing up you know they want to see yeah. they want to see someone that's what i tell all my clients dude your failures are your best content yeah make sure are. to put your failures in there you got to you so. got to and 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 they want to see that you're a real person you know they yeah. want to see that you're a human mm -hmm. you make mistakes you mess up shoot yesterday i went for a tandem like the first tandem lap with the, the guy that actually won the most improved um you know, award at the first event. Oh no way! And as soon as I entered, my car shut off, and he hit me, and I broke it. And he broke his like new, nice oh, bumper, fuck. brand new S15 headlight got scratched. All this stuff, I felt Been terrible. There. I was like, yeah. oh my god! First tandem laps I did. What can you with do this though? Kid, and I messed all this stuff up. <laughs> but sorry, buddy. I'm gonna go ahead and glass up his bumper again, make it one piece, and. Help see, him out a little bit, you know. Find that somewhere else in another motorsport. That's what I want to see. That's drifting, baby. Oh yeah, that's cool. Uh, well, what's been like the craziest moment in your entire drift career? Oh uh, man, I mean, I guess it would the craziest moment. Mm. It could be driving on track in the pits, at know, home I, working on the car. Um. I mean, the most the moments that stand out the most are some like I guess my best events or my best tandem laps, which my two best tandem laps that I feel personally were with uh, Ben Julian or Lee Yearwood. Dude, he's an an Ben Julian's an animal. Yeah, on track. both of them. They're both they're both awesome drivers. They laid down some gnarly leads that I was able just to copy, copy and paste. Yeah. It was it was awesome. Um, that first round of clutch kickers like two years ago, I ended up getting second place, and that was a a big event for me mm -hmm. the clean culture event you know getting that w in front of the home the home crowd really really put a nice spot in my heart yeah. you know like i've been <laughs> fortunate you. actually like the three of competitions that i've actually entered at this track i've won so i was oh, like shit. i had a you know i had a little streak going that i wanted to yeah. kind of continue to you That'll know hype you up yeah hype myself up in a sense <laughs> so yeah yeah I, I i i can i remember that i can remember my worst moment too that one stepped. That one. That one. That one came out first. That, that one jumped into the, my, my my mind first. Which one? My worst moment of uh, injury. Oh, tell me about it. Man, I was, I have nightmares about it all the time. Oh, it's like that. It's like that. Oof. Yeah. Like you 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 want to feel embarrassed. That's that that's what you do there. And that was me getting out Newbies of my car. Up. Getting out of my car on a hot track. That was that was not not a good move. Not smart <laughs> at all. So yeah, it was one grid life event. One of my buddies, Tyler, uh, came up to me and was like, "Man, I know what you're gonna do. It's your first event here. It's your first time. You're blowing it off track into that first mm -hmm. corner. You're going 40 feet onto the grass for sure." He was like, "I know you are. You are." And I was like, "I don't go off track. I don't do that. No, no, no that's, that's not me. No way that's happening, bro. No way. Uh, first turn, I was did 50 exactly feet that. out into the grass and <laughs> side skirt off and front bumper off and." I was like, no, I'm not going to leave these here for the next guy. I'm going to grab those real quick and, like, drive back with it on my – no, it's just all yeah. bad. It was all just the worst moment of my life, really, in drifting. And I just relived it again, and I'm sorry to the grid life people and everybody else that day. Yeah. Luckily, no, no, nothing was – no harm was had, luckily. But That's good. That's good. It was definitely a big do not ever do that moment. Yeah. Come off the track, and you got five people screaming at you. Oh, yeah, I had to miss a couple sessions that day and Oof. sit in timeout and go watch some videos and get, That's my, an get my hands feeling. smacked <laughs> and got pointed out and laughed at in the driver's meeting. Everybody, you know, that they, it, I was burned at the stake. Yeah, yeah. Rightfully so. Rightfully, Rightfully so. so. Rightfully <laughs> so. That's what you get. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ask stupid questions, get stupid answers. Um, so have you ever been in a position, well... Because nowadays, especially with how expensive tires and everything is, have you ever been in a position where you technically couldn't have afforded an event, but you went anyways and it actually paid off for you? I know that's kind of a specific question. I mean, that's but... feel like kind of been feeling like the whole last two years in a sense to where the whole year um, has just been like, should you be really doing this? Can mm -hmm. you really do this? Can you afford to do this? And then sometimes it pays off and you have a great time, and then sometimes it doesn't. So yeah. it's kind of like a give and take. Um, I have had some, t yeah, where they do pay off. Um, pay, you know, the, the Catch My Drift event was one of them. I was kind of like on the ropes of should I even compete right now? Should I risk maybe damaging my FD car 
two weeks before the event, you yeah. know, is that is that yeah. worth it, you know? But it, it was in the end, you know, I was able to come home with $5,000. Yeah. And that helped me actually get... Paid for your next month of tires. <laughs> it, it, it really did. It, it, it's the first thing. It's what I paid for. I mean, that's how, that's how I was able to buy my first round of tires for FD this year was that's that, awesome. you know, and... Um, yeah, it was really great. How does the pay situation go? I've never actually asked anybody that. So when you get pay, when you win an event, that's a payout. How do they actually pay you? Is it they just write you a check? Like what? What's well, the deal? it depends on the series. Sometimes they just write you a check that day. Sometimes like FD will mail you a check like a month later. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like kind of how it goes. What you want? I mean, there's some events I know like the Riverside event. At one point, they walked up with a brick of cash and just gave some gave Adam oh LZ like twenty five k in cash. What and then the when fuck? I, when I, I, won, I got third place at one of their events, I think. And, yeah, they just gave me, like, 1500 bucks in cash. They were just like, here, you go. Damn. Yeah. Y'all stacking up there. I All right. Them, I got them red. Long. <laughs> uh, big money. Um, well, tell me, you, you used to actually drive Turismo Drift a little bit. I did. And that's actually been my gateway to drifting. Oh. So I knew you and your car because it stood out to me at Turismo Drift, mm -hmm. but I didn't know who you were, like, whatsoever. Uh, so tell me about your Turismo Drift days. I want to know about that. Well, actually, that was kind of a leeway from what I said earlier about kind of getting your feet wet in other types of competition you know before you try and really head into like a formula drift and that was what turismo was for me it was uh me trying out competition drifting in a mm -hmm. setting where a you could have won some money i actually ended up winning a little bit of money there i think yeah i got fourth place and that was when they were paying out all the way through top 16 so yeah yeah turismo was a great series um it was just one of those things that you know we just all had to get a little bit more behind as a community and it could have really flourished you know it's just yeah. like you really gotta you know sometimes you gotta just take those jumps and say hey we want to get out to that track day so we make sure we have another one instead of saying i'll make the next one because sometimes there's not going to be a next one you know like i'm yeah. sure there was a bunch of drivers thinking oh i'll compete in the next year of turismo yeah the I last time i went to i was pissed but they didn't get that opportunity yeah. you know and that, that really sucks because turismo was a lot of fun i mean it was a place where you got to compete against a lot of different drivers, and you got a chance to really put on a show. I mean, Nashville Super Speed, or not, Nashville, Nashville Fairgrounds. Speed. Yeah, the Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds, that is the most intimidating bank I have ever driven in my life. It is ridiculous. Yeah, I'll put a, I'll put a picture on the screen so you guys can see it. Well, I don't even know if the picture will do justice, but... You can't even idle your almost car straight up. on that bank. It is, your car will knock. Dude, yes, the they of, didn't, I think, I don't remember what show it was, but they did an event there. And they put the showcase cars on the fucking bank. There was people like popping their motors just trying to start their car on the bank. Oh yeah, for oh, sure, dude. That's wild. Yeah, that banking is is ridiculous. And then all the tracks for Turismo were a lot of fun. I mean, it was a great time. It was a, uh, it was really cool. I mean, there's a lot of guys like that we competed against there that we still compete against today. I mean, mm -hmm. shoot, I, I want, actually one of my best memories in drifting was at my second round of turismo and i had qualified 16th and troy manners was qualified first like he was one of the heavy hitters out there at turismo during that whole season and i was able to take him out there i pretty much ruined his whole championship um chances that round mm -hmm. but as a young driver 300 horsepower i was out there getting a chance to go against those professional level drivers and that's where i really got my dang, I can do this, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and, and it's awesome to see that. And, and, and I've, I've had it happen to me, you know, I've had yeah. new drivers come up and kick my butt, you know, and, but that's what you want to see. You want to see that progression. And it says it sucks to see it sometimes. Yeah. But, <laughs> it you hurts know, your soul a little bit. It does but... hurt your soul. You know, you're like, dang it. These 15 year olds are crazy nowadays. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. Like the, the Cabot kid. Yeah. I met, I tandemed with him when he was 16 at stupid, actually my last event before I took the car down. And didn't know who the fuck he was, but he came up to me saying he's 16. He wanted to tandem with somebody. He had an LS car. I was like, fuck it. Yeah, let's do it. And the kid was an animal, bro. Yeah, he rips. That's, yeah, and their whole crazy. family is all right there behind him and pushing him. And yeah. he's got that amazing support system. So, yeah, it's yeah. great. I've been trying to get him on here, but he's he's hard to get a hold of. Mm. Like, he's not very good at answering his DMs. <laughs> well, hey, He'll answer him like once a month. Get back to the man. I'm missing out. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
So where did your your technical influence for just cars in general come from? Did, did you have somebody you looked up to? Um, I mean, of course, my father. He, you know, he's always been uh, around some kind of form of a motor and enjoying it. So, I mean, that's where I definitely got, I would say, my skills from, you know, my uh, coordination in a sense. Like, that's yeah, where yeah. I felt like the advantage that I had from sports rather than a lot of, um, you know, more extreme sports. Because the more extreme sports, it's not necessarily always eye-hand coordination that makes you mm. greater, not great, but in stick and ball sports, that's usually what you have to rely on is your yeah. eye-hand coordination. And I feel like that and helps brain. <laughs> tremendously with knowing where the hand, the shifter is, the wheel is, the e-brake is, being able to use those things without even looking at them, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um so, yeah, like that's where I started building that foundation. And then it was really just hanging around shops and looking over people's shoulders and breaking a lot of stuff and yeah. not having any other way to get was. it done than to fit for it, figure it the fuck yeah. out. And when you're broke, you got to figure it out. Yeah. Die trying, I you guess. No, you really got to. It's just really what it is. You know, it's like and it, it's, it's, it's became something that I've been able to apply all over my whole life. You know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm doing tile in houses because i can i know how to just watch a youtube video now i've done this on my car 45 times Dude. i can just watch this youtube walk myself through it and then bam i'm done you know mm -hmm. i'm like a certified I youtube, YouTube university all the time yeah certified youtube mechanic i yes, can get sir. stuff done if i can watch the video <laughs> oh yeah but before getting into this i mean like i said i couldn't even righty tighty lefty loosey correctly you know i was tightening the hell out of stuff before i break it loose so oh, God. it was really about a, just a lot of just trial and error and out of necessity needing mm -hmm. it to get done paying someone to get it done but not having the money to pay them correctly so they kind of half-ass it you know and then yeah. you see that and you're like you know what I could just half-ass it that good, and then you start half-assing. Yeah, and then I've all always sudden, hated to rely on somebody. You start making, you start getting good, like b body work, fiberglass stuff. I'm not formally trained at all. Like yeah. I have only stood in paint booths with people when they painted my car previously to watch them what they did. I've mm -hmm. watched YouTube videos. I've gotten, I've had some luck lo uh, recently with actually going and getting trained by the Finnish Finnish Masters Group. Oh, that's tough. Um, so that was really cool. They they brought me out of the facility, let me use their downdraft booth, sprayed my car, showed me how to properly set up a paint gun, how to properly mix things, yeah, why yeah. to use it here, how to the actual process of blocking, of using a guide coat, like oh, all these God, things. Dude, I that, bet that was awesome. It was awesome, and I, I'm hoping at the next Camp Drift event that we're gonna be able to get Larry from Finish Masters mm -hmm. to come out and do a class like that for us here and help us like okay, this is how you repair some body work or this is how you use seam sealer to do this in a, on a drift car. You know, yeah, like yeah. there's so much stuff that you can do with it that you might not have thought that you can do with it, you know? He ought to take that out to some Import Alliance events. Yeah. Really set up a booth and some example stuff out there. I think that would work well. Yeah, for sure. But. So, yeah, that's definitely one of, the things, one of the companies that I'm working with this year. I met, I met them at PRI. So I was also very lucky this year. I was one of the only drift cars to get exhibited as a feature drift car actually in the building no at way. pri like in the hallways where you always see all the historic mm -hmm. race cars there was a couple other guys Derek madison um one of the chad i believe from up north chad anderson i think uh, yeah, yeah bmw okay. or coyote i believe um he was in there as well in like the, the the lucas stadium area but i was actually like in the hallways of the main office like right in front of Dude, one of the doors so cool. it was really sick it was like a, a bucket list item Oh, yeah. Checked off to have my car displayed there, showed there, something that I built pretty much with my own hands. like Something to be proud of. Exactly. Yeah, I was I was stoked on it. Um, and it was a great selling point. So, you know, those are also opportunities that you have to look for as a driver outside of drifting. Because if you ever really want to get that big sponsor, might not come from the drifting world, you know? Like, pretty much know you need this stuff to have some fun. Yeah. So they don't want to give it to you. you I talked to, We talked about that a few episodes ago with Wes. Like, I, I was saying, there's a lot of companies out there with deep pockets, but they're not in the car scene. Yeah. So it's he's he had gained a security company, Vortex Security, um, to be his main title sponsor. And that's the big logo on the side of his car, and that funds his majority of his... Uh, entire pro-am program That's awesome. so but I, I thought that was kind of cool because it's not a car company yeah most car companies are just trying to sponsor you with parts instead exactly. of money you're not so. really going to get a big check out of them yeah and, and yeah. If, if you do it's going to be after a lot of work put in you know like yeah, you might yeah. have that better success reaching out outside of the car world yeah i totally agree with that
So who's all, uh, have you ever had like an idol in drifting? Like oh, yeah. someone you looked up to? Definitely. I mean, uh, to be honest, like when I first got into drifting, I remember going to one of the local events. I think it was actually the first local event. And I kind of like idolized in a sense, one of these local, other local drivers. I don't yeah, yeah. want to say his name because his head will get even bigger. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. it was actually uh, Chris Ward from Top Garage. Okay, um, yeah. I've yeah, heard so. Of him. He was an FD driver, Pro One guy back then. He had this crazy S14 with a 2JZ in it. I remember mm-hmm. seeing him rip the bank at Cordial and his crew guy being there and being like, oh, yeah, that's my driver. We're about to go to FD and do this. And I was just like, dang, I want to do that. Like, I really <laughs> didn't know about, like, Naoki and yeah. Kawabata and all these other crazy, awesome Japanese drivers at that time. Like, I, I just kind of saw him and I was like, dang, that's who I kind of, that's like, that's what I want to do right there. Yeah. Like, that's like, that's that's sick to see that much smoke behind mm-hmm. a car, you know? I feel like that plays back into the competition drive, too. Yeah, that was, and, and that was, and because and that was the thing, that was like what I got into drifting for. It was just that I'm going to go mm-hmm. compete. I want to compete. I want to compete. I'm not doing this for fun. Like, I'm doing this because I want to go compete. That's what's fun looking for me. Right, right. And it has been a ton of fun, but it has been not fun in other times, too. You know, it's a subjective, objective sport. Sometimes you're not going to agree with someone's opinion. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to be okay with it. And then you're going to have to go back and review that footage and see, okay, yeah, they're, they're right. You know, that's, yeah, the, that's, the, that's the moments that you have, you know. But it is what it is. It's a lot of fun otherwise. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, do, you, do you ever think you'll build a different car for uh, I uh, definitely, I definitely like to build another car. I mean, I've felt like I've built enough 240s in my life now to kind of <laughs> retire yeah. building those unless somebody's ready to get one built for some money. There you, you know? go. But yeah. other than what that, for myself, I'm going to, um, you know, either I'd really like to try and get something into a newer chassis, something that's mm. a little bit easier on the sell for the sponsors. You know, that's the other hurdle. Like you can have one of the coolest looking FD cars, but if it's a 1990 Nissan 240SX, their market isn't yeah. there, you know, like you don't like, it's yeah, not just, when you're going up against 2021 Supras and you're all going that against shit. a 2021 Supra, a new, uh, newer Corvette. I mean, even a 350Z is still sellable in a sense, way so mm-hmm. more than a 240, you know, yeah. that's, that's a huge hurdle, you know, like very shortly, I think they'll become the 240. They will become the 240 goes, as well. Just Cause they're so basic now. Everyone has one. Yeah, for sure. And so. then the 240s are going to, I mean, we've all seen how they've went. They're going to unobtainium. Um, levels, yeah. but there, it's still not going to reflect in a sense positively when you compare it towards a, a newer car, GT86 or GR86 yeah. or a Supra or BMW or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that end, you can get a lot more mechanical grip out of a lot of the newer stuff. You know, yeah. like you have to really Especially rely a BMW lot on you know tire pressures and massive amounts of toe in to really get that 240 going how you really want it, where you can use less of that in other other chassis yeah yeah hell yeah oh yeah that was what i want to say about the idol and then later it was james dean and those kind of guys frederick osbos you know yeah the ones that of course everyone everyone went to and you'd you know obviously watch tons of their in-car videos try and kind of replicate what they were doing i actually tried to build my first my hatch the first time kind of as uh james dean's car not necessarily with the wise fab but i had the samsonis Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of one of that was my inf- in, like influence of getting a Samsonis. That's tight. Um, so that was really cool, and then it got outlawed. So that's not. Cool, <laughs> hey, you got I'm gonna have it still. <laughs> yeah, I got it still. So it's yeah, yeah. nobody will gonna buy it because you can't use it in drifting, but yeah, <laughs> or professional yeah. drifting. But it's still a sick box, and I enjoy it. Um, right. But yeah, you know that kind of stuff. And then oh yeah, so I ended up getting to battle Chris Ward. No laters way. like later and 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 a thing and you know that was really cool to get to battle that guy you looked up to as as far as oh, competition yeah. and then beat him so that was a cool well besides boy. him is there someone that you haven't tandemed with yet that you really hope to drive with um i really hope to tandem with chelsea denofa again because the two times that i have got to do laps with them i've messed up oh, big time yeah. both times like one time was at grid life and i like smacked a a water barrier and then another time was at <laughs> clutch kickers and it was like the only time in my life i ever missed my clutch pedal like i went to clutch kick oh wow yeah completely missed it and like car bogged out <laughs> boom he hit you you know like that you know i'd love to get to uh, love to get to battle like force wing you know that'd be a really mm-hmm. sick battle i felt like just some really that'd cool, be a cool, cool looking stylish battle. cars yeah. you know 
Um, we actually did that with me and Garrett Denton at uh, the first Pro Bro Down back in the day. Yeah. He had a very stylish car. I had a very stylish car. And we ended up doing like random seating. And he and I got paired together. The two like LS 240s got paired together. That's and then like another so two like copy cars. Like everybody that got paired together were like, the battles you wanted to see yeah yeah and that was really everybody sick. got their pictures for the day <laughs> pretty much yeah everybody oh, had a good time i love that well uh, yeah man this has really been a fun time uh i enjoy the, the the conversation and talking back and forth it's just like a natural just hangout it's session, different really, isn't it? you know yeah, yeah i saw the opening in youtube man and i was like someone's got to do it i'm tired of waiting yeah this is it and, i like yeah. it yeah and, and it's a really great way to really get a lot of information out and for a driver like myself to really get a little self-promotion yeah, yeah. um yeah I, I appreciate you wanting to you know come and talk to me that's really awesome of course yeah you made quite a name for yourself I've tried. Uh, in the internet space, that's yeah, for sure. I've tried. So. Uh, you know, you, you want to make your mark on something, and that's where I'm hoping I make my mark is, you know, people remember my name in drifting in some way, shape, or form. Not necessarily has to be as a driver, but, you know, just kind of a positive influence in it. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I've always kind of said that. I but personally, I don't really give a fuck if anyone remembers me. As long as I change some people's life along the way, yeah. that's all I care about. Yeah, that's what that's, I, mean, that's I get what DMs nonstop all the time like dude i finally made it to my first event thank you guys so much like this helped uh, tremendously blah 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 like that's what i love that's that, what i do this for that that for for sure i have had experiences like that that's really touched me in a sense of being a driver where oh, yeah. that person came and tells me that story of how i impacted them like really one, humbles you man yeah one one example that i have this guy at grid life um, probably like five years ago. It was that same event that I messed up and got out of the, you know, that, yeah, anyway, yeah. that one. but <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so the last day, last session, I see this kid walking around with his helmet and, you know, he'd already came up and asked for a ride along and, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I'll give you a ride along. But then like you go to get in your car and go out there and there's nowhere to be found. And you're like, well, yeah. I'm going to go hunt these people down. I'm out, you know, yeah, I'm going to drive. Sorry. So uh, this other kid was there and he was like, man, I've came to like the last four grid lives and I've walked around with my helmet three, four days and never got a lap in anyone's car, man. Could you just please just take me for a ride along? And I was like, oh you know what, bro, God, come on, let's dude. do it. Let's get you in here. Got him in the car, took okay. him for a lap. I remember watching the footage when I got home and the kids just sitting in the car like, yeah like just the like happiest the happiest moment of his life dude. moment of his life and oh, I love that. then i ended up seeing the kid again like three years later at a clutch kickers event and he's there with his own car and he said man after no that way. ride along i went home i bought a car i've been drifting for three years ever since that day dude that's and you so changed awesome. my life that day and now like now he's like running his own local events um you know like helping Damn. his community grow now because of that influence you know, and that that stuff. Dude, major props to you, yeah, whoever that, you are. That's crazy. Yeah, that stuff is is really really cool, man. I love that. Um, and then other times, like been in a, uh, at a at a competition event, you know, and maybe you didn't qualify or you qualified terrible or you just lost your battle and you're really down on yourself. Yeah. And some, I remember some kid came up to me and was like, "Man, you did this and that. I built my car just because of you because I saw you here yeah. and this." And then I'm like. Damn it, kid! Why are you making me love this again? Like, I was ready to quit five seconds ago. Oh, I was ready you to throw had to come over here the road and ruin it fire. for me. Now I want to get back out there and help change some <laughs> other kid's life again too. Dang it! But it's a blessing, oh, really. You know, it's 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 funny it's, how that works out. It is. But well, speaking on that, give us the best piece of advice you could give to anyone just trying to get into drifting. Man, get out there and get some laps under your belt. That's it, man. Keep it simple. Have some fun. Do what makes you happy. Don't don't chase your dreams for somebody else. Don't make your car look one way for someone else. Just do work at your own pace. Have some fun with it. Enjoy it. You know, it's what it's meant for. It's not meant to be something so serious that you, you know, you don't end up enjoying. It's supposed to be something that where you get your release, your relief, yeah, yeah. your fun. You you meet some friends. You develop life skills, you know? Mm -hmm. Like that's the the beauty in drifting. It's not everything else it's not a clout game it's not you know nah. it's not really somewhere you're ever going to get that much money out of but it's it's for the passion you know what i mean there's money yeah. in it you can you can get money in it but you got to really work it that much harder if you want to get to that level you know yeah, it, it yeah. takes it from being and the money ain't fun. coming directly from drifting no, it's it ain't. coming way other it, places it's coming all it's coming all around and that's why i said it's going to take some big working for that but you know at its core 
what it is is amazing. You know, it's yeah. a it's, it's it's a beautiful gift that we get to enjoy. Yeah. I love it. Finally, get to do some destruction with these machines we love so much. That's right. Where yeah. else you gonna get to drive something as hard as you can? Yeah. And then enjoy looking at it later. That's what I, I like. That's right. You know, you get to walk That's back, right. and you know, if you don't look at your car three times when you walk away from it, you know. Dude, shut up. That was my. <laughs> it ain't the one. <laughs> that was my senior quote. I swear to God, if you don't look back at your car after you park it, you own the wrong car. That's it. That's, it's like the cheesiest fi- fucking senior quote ever. Yeah. You don't want to hear but, mine. Oh. Sure you don't want to spill it? Uh, it's that girls get too attached to people. <laughs> oh, I kind of like that, honestly. <laughs> that question was That's like, hilarious. what do you think about the other sex? And I was like, they get too attached too easy. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. Wait, here you go. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> oh, all right. Sorry. Enough of that one. Go ahead. Uh, plug anyone. You want to shout out or uh, yourself? Yeah, definitely like shout out to Fortunato. You know, I love them. They, they've been some amazing coilovers, amazing people on my team. G-Technic, Fast Mods, they definitely look out for me this year. Help me get to the track. If you ever need any performance parts, A to Z, definitely check them out. Um, yeah, man, we're just looking forward to finish off the season of FD, having some fun, getting to see the, the world, you know? Yeah. Just enjoy ourselves. Have some, have some good time, burn some tires. Make some friends, have some smiles, style for miles. There you go. Where'd that come from, by the <laughs> way? Where'd you, where'd you come up with that? Uh, everybody would come up to me and be like, man, I love your style. I love your style. And I was like, I don't want to make Dustin Miles racing. I was like, miles of style racing. Miles <laughs> of style. It was just something to try and make something cheesy and catchy, you know? And, yeah. You know, just something to, like to distinguish myself. The only thing that sucked about it was as soon as I came into FD, all of a sudden, Forrest Wang had style for miles. Oh. All of Jared forever was like, Four Swings coming in style for miles. And I'd get a video like, dude, he's using your name just backwards, you know? And I would be like, dang it. And then I remember one time, it was funny. Oh. I was, uh, it was like the second year of my, or it was like my first year of pro. And I did a pro-am event with U.S. Drift. It was like one of the first shootouts. And he was there. And something happened in the final battle. Like I ended up like spinning out and getting in a wreck and like lost. And I was like, I hadn't, I was, I was wanting to win that event, you yeah, know, yeah. like it was for one of those heavyweight title belts and I wanted that belt. <laughs> and anyway, he was like, you should smile, man. You just got second place. And I was like, I'll smile if you stop using or stop calling Forrest Wang style for miles. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, call that motherfucker right, out. Right. And he didn't do it for like a month. And then the next event, style for miles, style for miles. <laughs> and I was like, ah. But worked for a little bit. Force does have a lot of style. Just yeah, gotta say he that came right out there. hot he's with got, his car this year. Yeah, he's got it. I know he's a style king. Yeah, you know? yeah. I ain't trying to take his crown. I just like the way my car looks. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, I sure appreciate you coming on the podcast, and Man, I appreciate it yeah, so this much. Was bro. Awesome. That was a good time. Hell yeah! We'll have to let us know in the comments who you want to see next. Uh, but that is it for this one. I surely do appreciate it, and of course, we'll see you next week. Peace. Yeah, let's go get some laps. Yes, sir. See ya.